This week on our Watch This As An Adult Movie Reviews, I talk about the state of the MCU, and I also review the 1994 crime drama, Pulp Fiction. And welcome to another episode of I Watch This As An Adult Movie Reviews. I'm your host, Mikel Ford. Not feeling too good today, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, This season changed on me. And for those that don't know, I usually talk about this on, on the podcast. It's annual allergy season for me. So like... I'm coughing up mucus and phlegm and coughing and sneezing and wheezing and doing all this stuff all the time. Sore throat. I had a sore throat at the beginning of the week. I kind of got one a little bit again now. You know, if I sound... So, like, I may sound like I'm underwater. I may sound like my head is dipped in a fishbowl right now. That is because of my allergies and my sore throat. Didn't do a show last week. I was supposed to do I Still Know What You Did last summer. We're going to have to do that next next year for Horror Month. I will put that on the list. That will probably be the first thing I do next year. Um, I was just, I was burnt out uh, last week uh, from, my, from my day job. My day job kick the shit out of me <laughs> last week especially that i think that friday that friday it was that thursday and that friday beat my ass man just 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 beat the shit out of me i was out for the count couldn't perform man i think i did something i think i also did something saturday too i don't remember so like between that and actually doing something on Saturday, I was I was not fit to perform. I was not fit to do a show. I'm barely fit to do a show now. I'm I was I'm just I just feel obligated, you know, to give you guys a show, to give you guys entertainment because like I didn't do it last week. I'm like I didn't I don't want to skip two weeks in a row. I don't want to be that guy. So I'm giving you guys a show now. Uh, for those that don't know, we are knee, we are we are getting into Oscar month. I almost said we're knee deep in Oscar month. We just started Oscar month. It's November. Every November, I talk about movies that were nominated for Academy Awards. Either they won Academy Awards or they were nominated in a category for Academy Awards. This week, I'm going to be talking about Pulp Fiction from 1994, but we're not going to talk about that yet. Right now, we're going to talk about the state of the mcu i talked about the fact that i was going to do uh some something about the state of the mcu where the mcu is now uh i think i mentioned it on twitch uh i watched this as an adult on twitch if you don't follow me follow me on twitch um i was going to talk about the state of the mcu i mentioned that i was like i was going to talk about it in some way shape form uh luckily variety did all the all the all the 
heavy lifting for me. You know, <laughs> Variety did all the heavy lifting for me. So like, I'm just gonna talk about, I'm just gonna talk about this Variety article that came out this week or it's Sunday now as I'm recording this. So like last week, but it was still, it was still hot news. Like, a, 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 like it was still hot news yesterday. So, you know, <laughs> so uh, let me talk about it before before that news cycle dies down. Um, and this will probably be this will probably be on YouTube as well. Uh, so if you're on YouTube, hello. Uh, I watch this as an adult on YouTube. If you don't follow me there, I put clips up over there. Uh, go check it out. Um, but yeah, let's talk about this Variety article. Uh, like I said, I'm gonna talk about the Variety article. I'm gonna talk about my opinions of uh, what Marvel did wrong and what they should be doing right now, and how they could course correct this this whole this whole MCU ship. Uh, well, but like I said, Variety recently put out an article about the problems going on with the MCU. It revealed a good amount of behind-the-scenes things going on and how the uh, Marvel Studios is in panic right now. Uh, like They had a a uh, meeting in Palm Sp- Springs. Then Kevin Feige got everybody together for a meeting in Palm Springs, and they were talking about, hey, what's going on? Why are we pretty much like, why are we fucking this up? You know, <laughs> pretty much. It like what's going on? Like I said, they're in panic mode, and rightfully so. Rightfully so, they should be in panic mode right now because a lot of the things that they've been doing as of late have not worked. Which is the best thing they've done in like the past what three years is Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy three. That's like the best thing that they did so far. Uh, within uh, phase four, now they're in phase five. They had to speed up phase four because nobody was still in phase four. Now they're in phase five, so like they had to speed that shit up. And then Guardians is the best thing out of all of that. Uh, like I said, a lot of the things that they were doing has, hasn't been working. The mar- this 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 multiverse saga thing hasn't panned out for them the way they wanted it to. The movies. A very lackluster. Uh, they're just they're just releasing too much content right now. Like people are just burnt out from it. Like uh, I think even like hardcore comic book fans are burnt out by this stuff, you know. And it's just it's just too much. It's like you got TV shows, you got movies. People gotta watch the TV shows to know what's going on with the movies. It's just a lot. It's just a lot going on right now. I was just having a conversation with my father uh, because, like, the Marvels is coming out and, like, he doesn't understand what the fuck is going on. He was talking about, uh, he was like, who's that, he's like, who's the black girl? Who's that that other girl? Like, I don't know these people. And I was telling him, like, yeah, you gotta gotta watch WandaVision and you gotta watch Miss Marvel. And he was just kind of like, I'm not trying to watch that shit, you know, so, you know, so like I'm saying, yeah, he's a casual, he's a casual fan, you know, because like that, that came out of the mouth of a casual fan, he's like, I'm not trying to watch that shit so I can go see a movie, 
You know, so <laughs> it's like only the hardcores are watching that shit. Like, uh, I just finished Loki. You know, like I just binge watched Loki this morning. Uh, and just got through the shit. And like, I think it's okay. I don't think it's the best thing since sliced bread, but I don't think it's terrible. It's just okay. I don't know where none of this shit is going, and uh, that's the that that that's one of the problems. Let's get let's just get into it. Let's get into what they're fucking doing wrong. Like I said, uh, one of the things that they're doing wrong is they're releasing too much content. There's too much shit out there. Uh, they released like way maybe like what 14 shows, like and like probably like so all together there's probably like I don't know 20 like 28 things that they released so far like with, with all together with movies and television shows and only half of that stuff's been good like like the best the, the two best shows have been WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier those are the two best shows they got uh, I like What If too. What If the animated show? I thought that was pretty good too. Uh, but everything else is either been everything else has either been bad or lackluster. She-Hulk, lackluster. I like. I didn't trip about it like the way that other people tripped about it. I thought it was okay. Moon Knight, lackluster. Um, what was the other thing? I didn't. I didn't really personally. I didn't really care for the first season of Loki. Uh, Ms. Marvel, lackluster. Didn't really care for it. You know, a lot of things, a lot of things out there that they did that I didn't really care for. Some of the movies, uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, didn't care for it. Uh, The Eternal, it's okay, it's alright. Uh, Black Widow, didn't care for it. Um, there's there's some other shit out there that I didn't care for. I forgot. Uh, I think the 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 the, the movies. The, the movie I didn't like more the most is Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness that I didn't care for it Thor Love and Thunder uh, Thor Love and Thunder was a thing that I liked at first and then I watched it back and I was like ugh yeah this movie is kind of bad you know <laughs> cause I was like man I don't know why they tripping about Thor Love and Thunder and I watched it back and I was just like I watched it for like a second time and I was just like ugh yeah I fucking get it now this 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 is kind of bad you know (laughs) but yeah man uh there's like only like a handful of things oh wakanda forever i didn't like that either i'm i went on the record with i am in my wakanda forever review i talked about that i was like didn't care for it at all did not care for that shit at all um the only two things the only two things i really liked were guardians 3 and uh shang chi i think those are like the only two movies that I liked out of the movies that I like this is fucking awesome it's Shang-Chi and Guardians 3 that that's it other than that I didn't really care for anything uh speaking of Shang-Chi that's another problem that they have they don't follow up on new characters they did not follow up on these new characters they're not doing any follow up on these new characters uh like my man Shang-Chi What's the last time we saw him? Like, 
it felt like it felt like he was going to be a big deal in the MCU. It felt like he was going to be a big deal in the MCU. Um, like he's not showing up anywhere else. Like if you remember, like the other phases, they would like like fit these characters in somewhere. They would fit them in the movie, or they would fit them in a post credit uh, scene. They would fit them in somewhere. Like, you'd be like, oh, Spider-Man uh, Homecoming. He's like, hey, Iron Man's here. Or, and, and, and Captain America is here. Um, Even like a Thor, Thor Ragnarok. Doctor Strange showed up. Black Panther showed up in uh, Captain America Civil War. You know, like, uh, he showed up in a couple of the, uh, uh, the movies. You know, uh, I already said Doctor Strange. But, like, they were like, these characters periodically showed up in other in other people's movies they periodically showed up in other movies uh bruce banner is in a post-credit scene in uh, iron man 3 you know so you got him there you know like they show up to let you know that oh wow yeah all these characters are in the same universe like they're not doing that now like they're not following up on shang chi they're not following up on moon knight they're not following up on she hulk they got Daredevil. Uh, I guess we're gonna we're gonna get a follow up on him. He's in the uh, new Echo trailer, which I didn't talk about. Um, that's a good thing that Marvel's doing. I hope, I hope, because I've been fooled before. I hope it's good. Um, but yeah, man, like they they're just not following up on these characters. Uh, what's the other? What's the? Um, what's her name? Elena. Elena. Uh, uh, what's her name? God damn it. The new Black Widow. They're not really following up on her. I guess they're gonna follow up with her on Thunderbolts, but like I said, a lot of these characters, they're about Kate Bishop. Where's Kate Bishop at? Uh, we haven't seen Kate Bishop since Hawkeye. Where the fuck is she at? But yeah, like, like I said, not following up on these new characters. They need to follow up on these new characters. They need to get them in the game. Where the fuck are they? You haven't seen, you've seen them, and then, like, they just disappear. The Eternals? That was a big one. Where are the fucking Eternals? Like, <laughs> like, like the Eternals don't fucking exist anymore. It's like, they want to bury them. They're like, ugh, that movie didn't do good. Let's bury them like we buried the Inhumans. Oh, uh, you know? <laughs> it's like, they want to do that. But another thing that they did wrong was they hired Bob Chapek. But that's not really a Marvel problem. That's a Disney problem. But the guy was very much quantity over quality very much quantity over quality that's why they did all this shit you know he's kind of the he's kind of he was kind of the problem bob Iger stepping in and he's saying you know what we're not gonna do a lot of these movies we're not gonna do a lot of these tv shows cut that shit down i like it i like that he's coming in and saying that cut that shit down um we gonna see where that goes but hiring Bob Chapek was a bad call for Disney because, like, he fucked a lot of shit up also. Uh, COVID was a big problem with them, too. COVID kind of fucked up uh, their scheduling. You know, they, like, a lot of this shit probably could have been out sooner. They probably could have tweaked it better. And because uh, I think, like, Winter Soldier, uh, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier was, like, supposed to be the first thing that came out. They had the Hulk. Um, they had the Hulk, which we call it. Uh, they had the Hulk production, 
uh, uh, because of COVID. Uh, Hawkeye, they had the whole production because of COVID. I think that was supposed to that was supposed to tie into Black Widow. You know, so like, like there's a lot of things that they had to halt. So COVID kind of fucked a lot of shit up. Also, uh, another thing they're doing wrong is they don't have a clear path for King the Conqueror. From the from the rumors I'm hearing, they might not even have a King the Conqueror. You know, if, if things go wrong in this in this uh, Jonathan Majors trial. <laughs> you know, if things go wrong in this Jonathan Majors trial, we might not even have a King the Conqueror. Um, they're talking about pivoting towards Doctor Doom if if, if, he, if he's found guilty. Uh, so, <laughs> but we're talking about King the Conqueror right now. They didn't have a clear plan for him. They didn't have a clear path for him. Anyway, if you look back at uh, even when they introduced him in uh, Loki, it's just like they just introduced him and it was like we don't know what the fuck to do with him. You know, <laughs> just like. <laughs> That's how I feel. It was like, he's here. What now? What do we do? I don't know. Just put him in some shit, I guess. It was like, he doesn't have a clear path. We don't know what he wants. He's not like Thanos. With Thanos, he had a clear path. He had an agenda. He knew what the fuck he wanted. He wanted the Infinity Stones. And he wanted to get rid of half of humanity. We knew that. We, we followed the journey of him doing that. We don't, we're not getting that with King the Conqueror. King the Conqueror is just here. You know, and kudos to Jonathan Majors for doing a great job with that role, but, like, he doesn't have a clear path. You know, we don't know what the fuck... We don't know what the fuck he wants. We don't know why he's such a threat. All we know is, like, time and the multiverse and uh, all this shit that doesn't make sense. That's all we know. Uh, But they they need to make a clear path for that character so we know what the fuck he wants uh another thing uh that they did wrong was uh not recasting T'Challa uh I was thinking about this it's like just an epiphany that I had another thing that kind of fucked this shit up was uh and it's nobody's fault my god it's nobody's fault I don't want to I don't want to be insensitive with this because I think the dude was I think the dude, from where all accounts of what I heard, the dude was a sweetheart of a guy, you know, when he was here. But I really think that Chadwick Boseman died and fucked a lot of shit up also. Because I feel like he was going to be the other focal point of the MCU. I feel like uh, T'Challa was going to be the new Steve Rogers. I feel like he was going to be the new Tony Stark, a character that they could focus on. And he could be kind of like the uh, building blocks for the new MCU. I feel like we were going to see... I feel like we were going to see T'Challa a lot more in the MCU. But when Chadwick Boseman passed away unexpectedly, uh, it kind of messed up a lot of storylines. And they're just like, oh shit, what the fuck are we going to do? I feel like they went into panic mode with that character also uh, by not recasting it and then giving it to uh, Letitia Wright. Uh, an actress who I don't think is seasoned enough to play a lead yet. I really don't think, because if you watch her in Black Panther Wakanda Forever, she's not very good. I'm sorry. But, like, she's not seasoned enough, and she's not she's not a veteran. She's not a veteran. <laughs> Let's just say that. She's not like I said, she's not seasoned enough. 
Let's just say she's not seasoned enough for the role. Um, but like I feel like so like I feel like that messed up a lot of things going forward in the MCU. Uh, I feel like yeah, not having a big three is a problem because I feel like the big the new big three was going to be T'Challa, uh, Captain Marvel, and Thor. I feel like that was going to be the new big three or Doctor Strange. I feel like Doctor Strange was going to be that also. Like Thor was Thor is here, but it might have been. I think it was going to be T'Challa. Uh, Captain Marvel, Doctor Strange. I feel like that was going to be the new big three for Marvel. They were kind of, they were kind of hyping these guys up towards the end of the uh, Infinity Saga. I feel like they were going to be like, oh yeah, the like we could get rid of, uh, we could get rid of Tony, we can get rid of Steve, uh, we can we can have Thor go off world, and like T'Challa, Carol Danvers, and uh, Stephen Strange are going to be the new big three of marvel they're going to be the ones that that are the anchors of all these movies whenever anything goes wrong we're gonna come back to them and i feel like when chadwick boseman passed away they were like what the fuck are we gonna do now you know (laughs) i feel like i feel like that like i really feel like he was going to play a big integral role in the in the future of the mcu going forward uh but yeah that's my things that that uh, went wrong. Uh, these are the things that they should have done. Uh, one of the things that they should have done was focus on the characters that they already have dealing with the snap. You know, like there's a lot of I feel I, I feel like this is what I feel. I feel like they moved away from the snap too quickly. I feel like. Uh, once the snap happened and everybody came back together, it was just uh, hunky-dory. Like, it was like nothing ever happened. You know, I know there was a couple of movies. There was a couple of references to it. They referenced it in uh, Spider-Man uh, Far From Home. Uh, they referenced it in uh, WandaVision. Uh, WandaVision is really... The only thing that really dealt with the snap heavy, you know, that it's the only thing I felt like dealt with the snap heavy. Uh, everything else, I don't feel like they dealt with it. There was a mention of it in Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, you know, like there was a mention of it there, but I don't feel like they 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 really dug into it. I don't feel like Spider-Man Far From Home played it for comedy. Even the scene in Multiverse of Madness played it for comedy. You know, the only, like I said, the only thing that dealt with it seriously was WandaVision. Uh, other than that, like I said, I just feel like they moved away from the snap too quickly. They should have had these characters dealing with the grief of the snap first. And then they can move on to other things going on in the world. Um, the, the thing that another thing that they should have done, they should have teased the Fantastic Four and the X Men like right away. Uh, while the while the ending of the Infinity Saga was going on, they actually purchased Fox. Uh, they should have had a teaser of what's going to happen with the Fantastic Four, what's going to happen with the X-Men. I kind of feel like they're, te- they're, 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 they're starting to work around to teasing that stuff now. 
Um, this is not a spoiler for the Marvels, but I feel like uh, there's supposed to be uh, some huge cameos that I heard uh, in the Marvels. Somebody was talking about, oh yeah, they're, they're teasing something big in the Marvels. Like the Marvels is going to be a big deal in the MCU. Like that's going to be like a movie where it's like, oh, that's where the fuck they're going. Okay. That's what I've heard. And they're teasing some shit in there. And they're teasing like some characters in there uh, that are going to be important. To the MCU going forward. I don't know if it's going to be the X-Men. I don't know if it's going to be Fantastic. I got a big I got a big guess that it's going to be the Fantastic Four. I got a big guess that it's going to be the Fantastic Four. It could be Blue Marvel. I've been hearing that they're going to tease Blue Marvel. Blue Marvel is another black superhero. He's pretty much like Black Superman. You know, like, he's pretty much black Superman. Like, he has all the powers of fucking Superman. Uh, so, like, in maybe Blue Marvel, I've been hearing teases of Blue Marvel. You know, those are the those are the two things that pop up in my head. It's Fantastic Four and Blue Marvel. But they're going to tease something big in the Marvels, is what I heard. Uh, another thing they need to do is uh introduce some of these new characters in already established characters movies uh moon knight didn't need a movie didn't need a um a television show you could have introduced him in like doctor strange multiverse of madness uh you could have introduced uh she hulk somewhere um kate bishop is a character that i think they did right they did that right. Um, I can't think of anybody else right now. Uh, Shang-Chi needed a movie. Shang-Chi's movie is actually good. So, like, <laughs> but like some of these characters, they could have, they could have like established, they could have in uh, other movies. So like the general audience could be like, oh, okay, that's what that character does. And then you put, and then after that, you put them in like a TV show, you give them a TV show, you give them a movie. And they're like, oh, yeah, I remember that character. Yeah, I saw that character in uh, Doctor Strange. Yeah, I know him. Uh, you know, <laughs> something like that. You know, like, that's what they needed to do. Because that's what they were doing They when they were introducing characters. They introduced Black Panther in uh, Captain America Civil War. Uh, they introduced Spider-Man in Captain America Civil War. That was the first time we saw Spider-Man in the MCU. Uh, you know, like, they introduced, a, they introduced a good amount of characters as side characters in movies and they, they've done that here like they introduced America Chavez in the Doctor Strange movie that's another character we haven't seen since where's America Chavez where the fuck is she um but yeah they, that's what they need to do they need to establish some of these characters in other movies um another thing that they, they should have done is just like release two movies in one show that's all we need let's not make it over complicated put out two movies, put out a show, you know, just keep it that way. It was like, we don't, we don't need to saturate the market. Cause I feel like they're saturating the market right now. As, like I said, most likely Bob Chapik's fault. Um, another thing they could do is like cut down on so many new characters. 
I said introduce these characters and establish uh, characters' movies, but cut down on the new characters. Uh, let's focus on the characters we got. Like you could, you could maybe introduce like a smattering of characters, but let's not introduce like a whole slew of new characters. Um, another thing that they should have done is uh, focus on more street level characters. Focus on focus on more street level characters. Um, they were getting Daredevil, like, like, focus on more established characters, like, focus on Spike. I know that's not their thing. I know, um, whatchamacallit, Sony owns Spider-Man, they only got Spider-Man on loan. Uh, they gotta focus on Daredevil, they gotta focus on the Punisher, um, John, uh, I know they didn't have John Berthold yet, but, uh, try to make another Ghost Rider movie. You know, they could have done that, they could have made another Ghost Rider movie, focus on Blade. You know, they're going to focus on Blade. Like, focus on characters that people already know now. Daredevil, uh, Luke Cage. You know, focus on uh, Captain America. Like, uh, Sam Wilson, Captain America. Which leads me into my other thing. The last thing that they should have done. Like, make make Sam Wilson more of a big deal in the MCU. He's Captain America now, for God's sakes. You know, they could, they could, they could focus on him. Because I, like I feel like that Captain America movie is going to be fucking good. I feel that. I feel like that new Captain America movie is going to be the shit. I just feel like it. But yeah, those are the things that they could have done. Uh, that's the state of the MCU. I will be back with my review of Pulp Fiction right after these messages. You read the Bible, Greg? Yes. Well, there's this passage. Got memorized. Ezekiel 25, 17. The path of the righteous man is beset on all sides by the inequities of the selfish and the tyranny of evil men. Blessed is he who in the name of charity and goodwill shepherds the weak through the valley of darkness. For he is truly his brother's keeper and the finder of lost children. And I will strike down upon thee with great vengeance and furious anger those who attempt to poison and destroy my brothers. And you will know my name is the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon thee. Pulp Fiction from 1994. Let's get into the technical, shall we? This movie was directed by Quentin Tarantino. This is his this is his second film. Uh, the movie was written by Quentin Tarantino and Roger Avery. I love to give Roger Avery credit because it says in the credits it says story by Quentin Tarantino and, by, and Roger Avery. But if you don't know the story. Roger Avery kind of came up with a lot of the ideas for Pulp Fiction. A lot of the things that are in Pulp Fiction, a lot of the story beats that are in Pulp Fiction, uh, Roger Avery came up with, Quentin Tarantino. uh, Quentin Tarantino added some stuff too, but most of this was just uh, Roger Avery. Uh, It was pretty much his idea and uh, Quentin Tarantino kind of, I don't want to say he piggybacked on it, but 
kind of piggybacked on it, you know. <laughs> and you know, he gets and Quentin Tarantino gets most of the credit for it. But I want to shout out Roger Avery also. He deserves some credit for uh, writing this movie also. Uh, so that's that. Uh, this movie had a budget of eight million dollars. It brought in two hundred and thirteen point nine million dollars at the box office. Probably the biggest opening at the time for what I would consider like an indie film. You know, it was it's kind of a mainstream indie. Like, and I kind of think that this was kind of the start of the mainstream indie. Like the nineties was like when like these little movies. Uh, they, they would have been little movies back then but like these little movies started to rise up it was like the 90s was really the like the time for indie films you know it was a, it was the time for indie films it was the time for a lot of indie directors uh Quentin Tarantino Kevin Smith uh Richard Linkletter uh Spike Lee, I throw Spike Lee in there also, but by this time he was starting to get a little bit more mainstream. But I consider him like kind of an indie director as well. Um, you know, like a lot of those, a lot of those guys that were just like, you know, they they just came up from the gutter, they came up from nothing. You know, a lot of those type of uh, movie directors, and they just made it somehow. You know, <laughs> they made it somehow. Uh, I don't think that's something you can do today, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm missing something. You know, you, you can prove me wrong. But um, there are a lot of there are a lot of indie films out, but a lot of those and a lot of like, like a lot of those indie guys that were indie back then, they're like really established now. So, <laughs> so. You could, you could, you could, you could, you could prove me wrong. You know, you could be like, God, Mikhail, you don't know shit. You know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you could do that. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not gonna get offended by it. You're like, dude, this guy doesn't know shit. You know, you don't know what the fuck he's talking about. You're like, there's many indie indie directors that are doing this thing. You're like, what the fuck is he talking about? You know, but you know, you could be that guy. I don't give a fuck. But anyway, um. Yeah, let's talk about how I saw this movie as a kid. Uh, I saw this movie when I was 10 years old with my dad. My dad showed me Pulp Fiction when I was 10 years old. (laughs) And I was amazed by it at at the time. I guess because of all the cursing and the blood and the violence. and It was just something that I, I had never seen before at the time. You know, like, I mean, I have seen it before. I mean, I have seen it before, but it was just, I ain't never seen it like this. You know, it was just like really, it was really fucking weird. It was, I remember looking at this movie at 10 years old and I was just like, ah, this movie's really strange. You know, that's all I was thinking. I was like, this movie's really strange and I think I, I think I love it. You know, as I was saying, I think I love it now, but, uh, but like this is not my favorite Tarantino movie by a long by a long shot. My favorite Tarantino movie is Jackie Brown. But as an intro to Quentin Tarantino, it's a great movie to start with. 
because uh, at the time Jackie Brown wasn't out yet, so like I was just like, oh wow, this is amazing. But when I saw Jackie Brown, I was like, I love this more, you know, <laughs> you know. So <laughs> give me more of that, you know. <laughs> so like, yeah, Jackie Jackie Brown overtook my love for Pulp Fiction. Uh, so there's that. But let's see how I feel about this movie as an adult. First off, let's get this out of the way. Uh, this movie revived John Travolta's career. This is the movie that revived John Travolta. John Travolta, before this, he was in like a, what, a 10-year slump? Like, before this movie, it was like, uh, he did Grease. That was the thing that, really, it was uh, the sitcom Welcome Back, Cotter, that shot him into the stratosphere and then he did Grease and then he did Saturday Night Fever uh, he did the sequel to Saturday Night Fever called Staying Alive which was directed by Sylvester Stallone of all people <laughs> <You know? laughs> which by the way I gotta check out that uh, that Sylvester Stallone documentary that is on the books I am going to check that out I really enjoyed Schwarzenegger's documentary I gotta check out Stallone's documentary also it's on Netflix. I'm gonna check it out uh, really soon. But yeah, man, this is the thing that brought him back. And like, I'm actually surprised that he survived that long in the industry, like 10 years without a hit. You know, like that that that's unheard of. You know, like I'm still here. You know, <laughs> I'm still here. I'm not. I'm not uh, waiting at Ruth's Chris. I'm not a waiter at Ruth's Chris Steakhouse or parking cars at the uh, at the uh, at the Beverly Hills Hotel or some shit like that. Um yeah, so like that that's what he's doing. But like without this movie, he probably would be still doing look who's talking movies or some shit. I don't know what the fuck he would be doing. Like I said, probably parking cars at the at the at the at the Hilton Hotel. I don't know the fuck. Um, uh, <laughs> this is also the movie that shot Samuel Jackson into the stratosphere. Uh, Sam Jackson had been uh, in the business for a good fifteen years at this time. As a, he was a very reliable character actor. He was like he was the the, the five tool player when it came to acting at the time. Like he was. The restaurant robber. He was the guy that robbed the McDowell's and coming in coming to America. He was in. He did a lot of Spike Lee movies before this. Uh, he's very good in a lot of them. Uh, he he was in a favorite. He was in another favorite movie of mine. Like two years before this, Juice. He was in Juice before this. So like, it's not like uh, Sam Jackson just. It's like, oh, here's this new upstart, Sam Jackson. You know, like, like this dude was like 38 years old with a wife and kids at this point. You know, <laughs> and but by the time he got Pulp Fiction, like he's been, like I said, been in the business for about a good 15 years. He did, he did some things. Uh, like I said, pushing 40 at this time, he had a whole family. You know, <laughs> but Pulp Fiction was the thing that broke him out. And now he's like a mainstay in uh, Tarantino movies. Now, like he's a mainstay in that man's movies for years to come. 
uh he's the tear he's uh to tarantino what de niro is to scorsese you know that's his dude uh his that's uh tarantino's go-to man uh the introduction to Travolta and Jackson's characters are wild though. <laughs> because like these dudes talk about feet for 15 minutes. That's how we That's how we introduce these characters. That's how that's our introduction to these characters is these dudes talking about a foot massage for 15 minutes. And it's well documented. Well documented that Tarantino has a major foot fetish. You know, major foot fetish, man. Uh, I like pretty feet too, but like not as much as I like TNA. But I like feet too, but like this dude goes overboard with his focus on feet, like to the point to where it's a sickness. This dude needs to go to rehab for his foot fetish. But that's how he introduces these characters, Vincent and Jules. Uh, then we get to the famous scene of Vincent and Jules, like shaking down these young guys in his apartment. Uh, they pretty much like fuck these guys up, you know. You know? <laughs> they fuck these guys up, and to this day, I don't know what the fuck those dudes did. I don't know what they did. Like, did they owe them money? Like, I don't know what the fuck they did like what's in that briefcase i still don't know to this day they never showed us what the fuck was in the briefcase i don't know what's in that briefcase so like that's a bit of a plot plot hole right there also another thing about this movie like this movie was very unique at the time because they tell the story out of sequence it's they tell it out of order so if you're not paying attention you're not going to understand this movie. You really have to pay attention to this movie. Uh, because after this scene, because after that scene, we focus on an over the hill uh, boxer named Butch, which is played by Bruce Willis. Uh, he takes money from uh, Marcellus Wallace, who's a mob boss, who's played by Ving Rhames. This is also the movie that kind of broke Ving Rhames out. I didn't really know who Ving Rhames was. Uh, before Pulp Fiction also. Uh, At the time, it was like, really, for me, at least. I don't know how it was for for anybody else. But it was really weird to see Bruce Willis in a uh, supporting role. That was was odd for me. I was so used to him being the star of a movie. And, like, it kind of fucked me up that, like, he's, like, taking, like, fourth billing to a guy that was considered a has-been before this and a a career character actor (laughs) you know and this is also the first time that bruce willis and john travolta shared the screen together like there's a scene where like they're at the bar and they turn around and they fucking look at each other and i was like i never noticed how important that scene was just that interaction with them was till this day like I was like, wow! I was like, those are two legends right there, <laughs> you know? <laughs> those are two legends right there, man. Like in the same scene together. That's like De Niro and Pacino and Heat, you know? <laughs> it was like you never thought you'd see that. Like wow, De Niro and Pacino in a movie together. That's wild. It's crazy. 
Uh, John Travolta also does heroin in this movie. You know, like he, he shoots up some heroin. Heroin looks like the most painful drug ever. Like, you, it's a drug that you couldn't pay me to do. You couldn't pay me to do that shit. You know, it looks painful. I don't like fucking needles, man. <laughs> I don't like needles. Even when I gotta take a needle in the arm, I fucking hate it. You know, it's just not a thing for me. So, I'm not gonna stick a needle in my fucking arm for, 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 for pleasure. You know, I'm not gonna stick a needle in my arm for pleasure. So, like, no thank you. You can keep that shit. Um, this is also the first time I saw uh, Uma Thurman. This is my first time seeing Uma Thurman. She plays uh, Marcellus Wallace's wife, Mia. Like, the first thing we see on her are her lips and her feet, of course, because it's Quentin Tarantino. Um, but Mia is very much in the vein of, like, the old-school bombshells of the 50s and the 60s. Like, she's got that cold black hair. She has those big red lips and a, a, a major coke habit. Also, like all those other uh, old stu- old school Hollywood women. Um, <laughs> sidebar, sidebar. Uh, I noticed that in the uh, restaurant. I just noticed this today as I was watching the movie. Like in the restaurant that Vincent and Mia go to. That's Steve Buscemi as the. Uh, buddy holly waiter that's taking their order i never noticed that how many times as many times as i've watched this movie i never noticed that that was steve buscemi i was just looking i was like wait a minute i was like steve buscemi oh shit i didn't even notice i was like i didn't even notice that was him i was like (laughs) it's crazy but i love uma thurman as mia i love that character like Uma Thurman has great body language as that character. Like, she has this look that makes it look like she was just gonna, she's just gonna like rip you apart in bed, you know? Like, and I like that shit. That shit turns me on, you know? (laughs) I like that. I love, I love a woman that takes what she wants. It's like I said, it's a big turn on to me, you know? Like, I love that shit. But, uh, it is also weird uh, to take another man's wife out on a date because that's what Vincent does with Mia. Uh, like that's a recipe for you getting fucked up, you know? Like you know, like, like I'm not letting another man take my wife on a date, but I guess Marcellus Wallace was—he was really trying to test Vincent and Mia. He was trying to test how loyal they are. It was like, if they fuck, they're dead, pretty much. Luckily for Vincent, Mia almost dies of a drug overdose. You know? <laughs> Eric Stoltz plays the uh, drug dealer that uh, sold the bad shit to Vincent. Uh, watching this movie, watching this movie and seeing Eric Stoltz, I was thinking, I was like, you know what would have been, been funny? Is if uh, Michael J. Fox played this role, too. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Uh, cause Eric Stokes was originally Marty McFly. If you, if you don't get that reference, if you don't get it. So, uh, it would have been, it would have been funny to see Michael J. Fox in that role. He was like, oh man, oh man, she OD, man. 
Oh man, this is this this is fucking heavy, man. Like, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Like, she she fucking on me, man. He's like, why are you bringing this shit on me, man? You know, oh my god, oh my god, what the fuck are we gonna do, bro? Like, wow, man. You know, he's like, that would have been that would have been that would have been hilarious to see Michael J. Fox as that character. <laughs> Also, like, that that needle in the heart scene still makes me cringe. That shit makes me fucking cringe to this day. Like, may I remind you, I saw this movie when I was 10 years old. So, even today, that shit makes me cringe. Uh, Moving on, uh, the most comical part in this movie is the uh Christopher Walken speech about like sticking watches up your ass? <laughs> oh my god, it doesn't come off as a serious scene. It does not come off as a serious scene. It sounds like an SNL skit. Like I legit laughed out loud at that scene. Like no bullshit. I laughed out loud at that scene. Oh like it's it's fucking it's un, it's unintentionally hilarious the way that Christopher Walken talks. You know, you're like he 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 did his best to 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 to, to make sure this watch got to you. So 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 he, he he hid it the only place he could hide it. He he stuck it up his ass. You know <laughs> It's fucking hilarious, bro. Fucking hilarious. Um, I said that Bruce Willis plays the background in this movie, but towards the middle of the movie, like he kind of takes it over. Like he kind of takes it over. So in a roundabout way, I kind of, I kind of lied about that. I kind of lied about Bruce Willis playing the background because, like, for a good thirty minutes, this movie is about him. Like Sam Jackson and John Travolta like disappear like halfway through the movie. They don't come back until, like, the fucking end. They don't come back until, like, halfway towards the end of the movie. That's when they come back into this movie. Uh, and watching watching Bruce Willis. Watching, watching Bruce Willis for that 30 minutes. Like, I watch, just, just, I'm just trying to get it out. Because, like, watching this movie. Because it's, it's kind of an emotional thing for me. Because, like, it's something that makes me sad. Like... Just watching that movie it just made me think like any day now, like we're gonna lose Bruce Willis. You know, I hate to bring the podcast down like that, but like any day now, we're going to lose Bruce Willis. Like Bruce Willis has been here my whole life. Like, I don't know a day where I didn't see Bruce Willis on the screen. You know, like, like I said, he's been in my, he's been here my whole life. And it's going to be weird not having him here anymore. You know, because his dementia is getting worse. It was like, his dementia is getting worse. I heard that his, that, that, that is getting worse. And he's probably, he probably doesn't have much time left. You know, like, this man is about to leave. This man's going to leave this earth, like, soon. Like, they say he lost the, he lost his speech. Like, he can't talk anymore. And, like, 
we're not gonna see any pictures of it. We had, like his family's not gonna release any pictures of him in that state. Like we, we just got that last picture of him. Like he, he took a picture with his daughter. Like that's probably going to be the last picture we ever see of Bruce Willis before he passes away. You know, they're not gonna release that stuff of him like being down and out. They're just not gonna release that. You know, and it just made me think about all the times we laughed at this man for making shitty movies towards the end of his career, not knowing that he was sick the whole time. You know, it like it just really it just really proves that like we ain't shit as a society. And I put myself in that too, because I joined in that as well. Cause I was like, why the fuck is he making all these bad movies? <laughs> that was my thing. I was saying that too. I was like, why is he making all these bad movies? You're fucking Bruce Willis. And I was like, he's just doing these movies where like he does he like I was like, he was just doing these movies where he doesn't give a fuck anymore. And it wasn't because he doesn't give a fuck. It was because the man was sick. He was losing his mental faculties. And he was losing his mental faculties right in front of us. And we didn't even fucking notice. Because all we wanted to do was make content making fun of Bruce Willis. And now we feel sorry. We feel sorry about it. It's just, it's just so goddamn sad, man. It's a, it's a sad state, you know, man. Cause like, like I said, man's been here my whole life. I love fucking Die Hard. Die Hard is my shit, you know. <laughs> but, you know, uh, everybody that's ever had a beef with him, like Kevin Smith, Sylvester Stallone, they thought he was, was like, who, like those guys thought he was being lazy and shit. Uh. Now it's kind of like, oh shit, this dude was fucking sick the whole time. We didn't even fucking notice, you know. So it's like, you know, he was probably sick then. But yeah, man, he's not gonna be in here. I hate to, I hate to bring the podcast down with that, but like that just made me think of that. I was just like, just looking at him in this movie. I'm like, dude, like this dude ain't gonna be here no more soon. Like it's kind of fucking sad, you know. I know we all gotta go. We all gotta go. He's in his fucking 60s. You know, and we all gotta go, but it's just just sad to know that he's 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 suffering like that. You know, that's kind of just fucking sad. Um let's bring it back. Let's bring this let's bring this podcast back up. Um yeah, and, uh Marcellus uh Marcellus Wallace gets fucked in the ass by two crazy rednecks. You know, that's what happens. You know <laughs> that's what, That'll that'll bring the that'll bring the podcast back up. Sodomy, forced sodomy. A uh, 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 big ball black mob boss getting fucked in the ass by two rednecks. That'll that'll bring the podcast back up. Uh, that's it. That's the end. <laughs> that's Pulp Fiction for you. Uh, I look back at this movie. And I kind of realized that it has it hasn't really aged well, but like and like it just made me realize that this movie doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> it just made me realize that I'm like, this movie doesn't make any sense. Like this is the Seinfeld of movies. 
Like, it's a movie about nothing. It's just random killing, random violence, random drug use, random sodomy. You know, like, it was just like, let's let's have cocaine and, 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 and guns and a, and a dude in a leather costume who likes to watch dudes get fucked in the ass. And, you know, like, you know, all that, I'm sorry, all of that shit, you know. I mean, like, we get a lot of we get a lot of good acting performances in this movie. That's the only thing that saves this movie. But this movie really lacks story. That's why I say Jackie Brown is a much better movie. It has more of a cohesive story, and it doesn't have a bunch of white people saying "nigger" for shock value. You know, like, like there's a lot of white people in this movie saying "nigger," and I and I don't like it. <laughs> It makes me fucking uncomfortable. It makes me real uncomfortable. I didn't notice how many white people say nigger in this movie. It's just, I was like, wow. A lot of white people dropping the N-bomb. You know, it just, it just don't feel right. It don't fucking feel right. But, like I said, movie like story, the only thing that's saving it is the performances from everybody. So for that... I give it a 3 out of 5. Join me next time when I will be talking about 1994s. Or is it 1993? I forget the years. It's either 93 or 94. But I'm going to be talking about Angela Bassett, Lawrence Fishburne, Ike and Tina back at it again. I'm going to be talking about what's love got to do with it. Until next time, peace.